I hope the hell the bass isn't in the monitor because I hate hearing that thing. No offense, Ronnie. Hey, bud. Good party. It's the happiest day of my life. Hey, pizza! <laughs> You're immature. You can't do a single thing by yourself. You're a spastic nerf bag all the time. You guys are not that dumb. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the show, episode 126. Uh, hope everyone's doing well. So, Kim Shattuck died a year ago. I can't believe it's been that long. I mean, I can't believe she's gone, but I, it just doesn't seem like it's been a year already. It's crazy. Of course, life has, <laughs> life has sucked since she left um, for the rest of us. Um, so, for this episode, I just I kind of wanted to just... I wanted to have a guest on and, and do something special. And, of course, nobody nobody else comes to mind except Ronnie Barnett. Of course, Ronnie played in the Muffs from the beginning. So he knows everything. He's got a lot of great stories. He's just an all-around, just a good guy. And, uh, yeah, we, talk, uh, we talked a few days ago. And uh, it's a pretty fun conversation, man. It's not all, it's not all about Kim, but we do get into the, uh, the No Holiday record a little bit. And uh, Ronnie's always got a good story about something. So uh, stay tuned. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But first up, uh, I got I to gotta spill it, man. I fucked up. So so I got the new Kurt Baker album sent to me. And uh, actually, not even the whole album. I got a few songs sent. And the first song I heard blew my mind. And uh, I really, really liked it. And then I got the rest of the album sent to me. And... I wanted to uh, I wanted to debut this song on the show, and I wanted to have Ronnie listen to it and talk about it. And uh, somehow I fucked up, and I I didn't send it to Ronnie. He never got it. So, and then of course I when I was talking to Ronnie, I forgot to just bring it up and and wing it. So here we go. I I, I still really want to play it. I, I the song that I wanted to play is called "I Like Her a Lot," and it actually came out. They put out the video today earlier today. And uh, it's my favorite song on the album, but instead of playing that one, I'm not gonna because it's already out there. I want to do a different one. Hope it's cool. Hope no one gets pissed. But there's this other great song on the album. This, the album's really good, but there's a song called uh, "Should Have Been the One." This song's really cool. It, you know, it would have made Huey Lewis an extra million bucks, whatever. But uh, um, yeah, check this out.
So I think this is uh, Kurt Baker's best solo album yet. I've listened to it, and uh, I really like it. Kurt and his dudes are they're on point here. Everything is, you know, it's it's everything you expect or want from from Kurt Baker. It's it's leftovers meets Joe Jackson. It's it's kind of all over the place a little bit, but um, you know, all the different styles like they're kind of seamless throughout the album. I think the album comes out on uh, October 23rd. I think that's the date. Uh, you'll figure it out. Go get it. All right, so here we go with Ronnie talking about, of course, Kim, talking about the Muffs and his work and his show. Check this out. Coming up next, we got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next, coming up next. We got a guest. We got a guest. Coming up next. All right, super excited about my guest today. He's one of the greatest rock and rollers of our of our little scene, and he's a repeat offender of the show, Mr. Ronnie Barnett. How you doing? Nate, it's good, good to be back in the room. Thanks for having me. According to my records, it was about seven months ago you were you were here. Oh, okay, okay. I've lost track, yeah. Yeah, I've, a lot I've has lost happened. Track, so thanks for that. Yeah, a lot has happened, yeah. Like, uh... Was that was that had the pandemic pandemic started happening at that point? No, no, no. We I think we we talked uh, shortly after um, you know Kim's passing. And, okay. Um, yeah. Which is coming up on a year now. Uh, uh, yeah. This episode is actually uh, being released on her the anniversary of her death. So definitely, uh, I, I don't know. You're you're the only guest I can think of that can properly honor Kim. Ah. Well, that's I. Uh, Stood, we, we stood along stage each other for uh, a lot of years. So yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, do you do you look at yourself as like the the spokesman for for Kim Shattuck and the Muffs? I mean, there are other ones. You know, uh, uh, Melanie. Her her. You know. You know, Melanie turned into her best friend. Melanie from the Pandoras and, and yeah. the early Muffs. Um, you know, they they re- reconciled um, in the in the later years, which is good. You know, they didn't speak for seventeen years. Uh, after she left the Muffs, so you know, and Melanie was Melanie was there, you know, practically every day during Kim's illness. Um, so, you know, Melanie's a fair spokesman. You know, Kim's sister. You know, there there are others out there, but you yeah. know, and Roy, of course, and uh, you know, there 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 are many others that know Kim well and could be a spokesman. But you know, uh, being the bass player of the Muffs is a I, you know, kind of, yeah, does make me a <laughs> a fair, yeah. a fair target for that. So, well, I, you know, if you got to be uh, that position in a band, I mean, it might as well be the Muffs. There yeah, wasn't I, many, uh, one, not not too many bands were better than the Muffs. Ah, uh, no, no. Thanks, in my thanks, opinion, thanks a lot of people's opinion, that. I think. No, no, thanks. I, 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 stop me if I repeat myself uh, from what I said on the other um, <laughs> podcast. But uh, and I do say this a lot, but I, but it's true. Uh, the people that like our band uh, tend to like us a lot, which is very, I think I think speaks speaks a lot for our group. Um, yeah. Because uh, there's yeah there's there's not a lot of people that like casually like uh, you know obviously there are some but you know people that like us tend to be crazy for us you know. Uh, yeah, there's no casual Muff fans. I, when I, whenever I talk to somebody and the Muffs come up, it's always, "Oh my God, Kim is so great!" You know, it's just all about that. Yeah, yeah, her no, songs, and, her voice, her scream. Yeah, no, and people there's a lot know, of passion. When when she passed away, a lot of people seemed to pick up on us and and say like, "God, I, I slept on this band, and I'm so sorry I did." Um, 
we were around and we worked so steadily for so many years. I mean, you know, uh, maybe it was easy to take us for granted while we were around. Um, you know, but yeah, it just shows the show. You shouldn't, uh, shouldn't take anything for granted while it's around. Exactly. You know? And, you know, and being locked down, of course, has made that very clear to everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's been a year and you know what, since, since Kim died, the world has literally gone to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she, she left at the right, her, her timing, uh, you know, good, good as ever on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, part of me, uh, you know, thinks, you know, she, she kind of left, you know, she would have been a prime target for this, uh, yeah. virus, um, you know, and, and, and with ALS, I mean, and with her, I mean, the respiratory thing was the, the final, the final thing that, that took her. So, you know, that said, she would have had a lot to say about it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So how have, uh, how have you been dealing with, with our, you know, COVID times? Um, you know, okay. Um, I, I work in a record store and I've been, I've been back to work for almost four months. Uh, so and, I was going to uh, ask you about that. I know they closed for a while. That wasn't permanent though, huh? Yeah, that wasn't permanent. Uh, you know, we were closed during the, the full lockdown, if you will. And, um, you know, I, I wish I could have enjoyed that time more. Um, you know, I sat at home for two and a half months and, and couldn't relax. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I couldn't get anything done. You know, you, I, if you told me like, you're going to get two and a half months and then you'll be back to work. <laughs> I would have been like, this is fantastic. And I would have enjoyed it and like worked on my book and, 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 you know, done co constructive things besides go through my closets. But, you know, <laughs> I was just, you know, had the news on, I was stressed out and, you know, again, we still don't know what's, what's, what the end game is with all this, but, um, you know, and it is, uh, that said being back to, I, I was, uh, freaked out going back to work. It's still kind of weird. I mean, most people are cool. I mean, you know, we've had the mask thing here for like six months, uh, in Los Angeles. So most people know the drill. Uh, there's been a couple of jerks and a couple of loud mouths and, you know, I don't know who they think they're talking to when they, you know, <laughs> Say, say it's a hoax and all that. I mean, you know, but uh, it's like, look, this is the law. You gotta wear, you gotta wear a mask. Come in the store, you know. That, that's that. So wear a mask now, and it'll be over a little sooner. Yeah. As, as far as my coworkers, you know, we all kind of work apart and everything, and uh, you know, generally it's been okay. So uh, one of the worst offenders was Gary Busey. I'm an angel in an earth suit. Um, <laughs> is he kept, Is he a customer? He well, he what he. I, I never, we, we never saw him until this one day, but yeah, he was in the store and, uh, I kept, it's funny. The people you got to remind to pull up their mask over and over are really the old timers, uh, which you think they'd be the most careful, but, uh, yeah, he had the bandana situation, which is another set, you know, story, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he kept, we, we had to tell him over and over to pull up his mask and he's like <laughs> half deaf too. So, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, and then he kind of said something snarky on the way out. But uh, yeah, on the way out, he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go to Amoeba." Well, Amoeba's closed still, so I, okay, go to Amoeba or, you know, or when people are jerks and they say they're not coming back, you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, Gary Busey. But then I, then I was reminded that he had a, you know, he had a brain injury, he had a motorcycle accident, so that <laughs> that can account for a lot. Brain stuff is a, uh, yeah, <laughs> is bad. 
So, so I, I saw another interview with you, and I, I know where it is, and I'll bring it up, but um, um, you, you had talked about working at the record store, and, and I think it was Jimmy Page was a customer in there. Ah, uh, yeah. And um, which which is kind of funny, your reaction, how you, you explain what you did, and, and you can explain that, but um, also I'm, I'm wondering, like, is was this a regular occurrence of like famous people coming in and actually record shopping? Uh, it was. That's when I worked at Amoeba. Um, yeah. I, I was I was a buyer at Amoeba for like eight years, and um, yeah, that store is like was chock full of well, just people, volume of people, you know, every day. But uh, yeah, celebrities all the time. And um, I don't know if you've been at Amoeba, and I'm sure some of your listeners have, but there's constant paging going on. Like Ronnie Line One, uh, and basically. Basically, all those, most of those calls are like, "Hey, Ronnie, Jimmy Page is down in the oldie section," and uh, <laughs> so I'd go casually, like, do a circle around, look. Um, you know, I wouldn't bother anybody, um, except I did bother uh, Nick Jonas. One, I was a big Jonas Brothers fan at first, you know, when they were new. <laughs> He's a, that's what's funny. That's the one celebrity I actually, you know, approached, and he was very nice to me. What's up, guys? It's Nick Jonas. Yeah, Jimmy Page was was there. He had his goon with him. He so the goon would hold the basket. Jimmy would, would hand him CDs, you know. And, um, yeah, on his way out, he asked for the phone number of uh, one of our um, cashiers who was uh, probably 17 at the time. And um, I remember her coming up and, uh, you know, behind the scenes and kind of telling us up there, like, yeah, Jimmy, she asked for my phone number. I don't even like Led Zeppelin. What should I do? And I said, honey. <laughs> He's been knocking off girls your age and younger for, uh, you know, 40 years. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> once i mean that that was like that was every day at that store you know paul mccartney did an in-store there um and he uh he took a shit he he brought his he packed his own candle and he left it there and uh that's <laughs> funny we we played amoeba after this and i told the story on stage i remember six months later one of my co-workers came up and was like oh my god somebody stole the mccartney shit candle and i'm like what because i had no idea about it he's like yeah he brought his own candle in there it's like i would have stole the mccartney shit candle had i known but uh you know he's a vegetarian it, you know didn't want anybody to and then the same month elvis costello you <laughs> elvis costello used the same bathroom the same month so that's two hall of famers you know and this bathroom wow. is not glamorous by the way it's uh <laughs> it it makes your worst airport bathroom look uh clean and nice so you know just goes to show you can be paul mccartney but you still got to use some facilities that are less than excellent at times hmm. So, 
Yeah. So let me ask you, did anybody ever recognize you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It ha- I mean, it, besides your friends that come in and. Yeah, no, it, ha- it, it yeah, it happened a few times. And, and like being a buyer, one of my favorite things to do is like when, when a must city would end up in a buy, I'd, I'd, I'd say like, okay, I can offer you uh, this blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you're going to have to keep the CD in my band. And then they would look, and they'd always be apologetic. I'm like, no, don't apologize. It's fine. I get it. Like, don't. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it yeah. happened. It happened a few times. Um, the, you know, like I tell uh, people, you know, um, we, we traveled. Um, some people might know this. We, we, we traveled all over the world. And, and, and yeah. in places like Japan and South America, I mean, people would cry in our presence like you know i know it's hard to believe nate um (laughs) but you know they're just so happy that you're there and to see you and and that's that's when it really shows you how much um your the music can mean to somebody's life you know like yeah uh when they do that and just you know and and we're always like it's okay it's okay we're okay you know trying to settle them down and then but then you have the language barrier but um yeah um that was a long-winded way to say, yeah, I, 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 I get, I get, it doesn't happen as much uh, these days, but yeah, it still happens um, sometimes. So, it's very nice of people to uh, recognize the bass player. I'll just say that. I did not cry in your presence. The, the, I saw the muffs uh, the first <laughs> first time I saw them. I, I told you this before. I saw you at the Seventh Street entry in Minneapolis, ah. and uh, the people ahead of me might have cried because I was with my cousin and she puked on him. Oh, during the so, set or, or uh, during the set? Yeah, during your set. Wow, yeah, so. we played the we played the entry um, <laughs> a few times, and those shows were always good. Um, I remember one one time um, Kelly Deal showed up, and I brought her down the backstage at the entry. It was like underneath. You probably yeah. been back there. Um, no, I've never been back there. Oh, okay, but um, I, I saw Purple Rain, so I assume it's like that. I said, well, per- <laughs> that was the, that was the first <laughs> avenue, so that's a little different. We, you know. We, we played there I, as well, not headlining, but um, yeah, I brought her down and I offered her like, offered her like beer and stuff, little knowing that she just got out of rehab. I felt really bad, but she was very polite, <laughs> you know. I guess you have to expect that kind of thing yeah. <laughs> when you're out of rehab at a rock club. So, um, yeah, no, we always had good shows. Minneapolis always good to us. Even um, even our last show there, which was in St. Paul, um, I'm forgetting the name of the the place, but uh. Uh, I, I don't even know. Turf Club, maybe? Turf Club. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we sold it out, and uh, it was uh, fantastic. Until the end of the night, when the uh, singer from the Magnolias, yeah. the legendary <laughs> yeah. Minneapolis band, the Magnolias, who I was a fan of back in my yep. back in the 80s, um, turned out to be a real jerk and was demand, demanding more money and, and, and putting pressure on me. And Yeah, I, talking to other friends in the area, I guess that's kind of a kind of an mo with that guy that's not like his first time trying to do that so hmm. i yeah. actually i've only been to the turf club one time and that was for a magnolia show oh interesting <laughs> probably interesting. in the early early 2000s 2002 or three. Oh, okay okay well so it's a fine venue and we had a fine um i, I mean all our shows in the last um 10 or 12 years of our career were all generally big love fests and, and, and a lot of love yeah. from the crowd and, and we really uh, were on our game at the end and that, that goes for like musically as well as the, the between song uh, banter uh, yeah. with, with me and Kim which is always my favorite thing love it 
Yeah. yeah. I love watching those old videos. I told you that before. You guys sometimes were... I don't know. I know there was inside jokes probably, but whatever. But Sometimes, me, yeah. But Let me ask you, what were, what were um, some of your favorite cities to play? Like, not just where the Muffs did the best, but um, just your favorites. Yeah, and maybe, um, maybe Kim's as well. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, yeah, we would, I'm sure me and Kim and Roy would agree on most of these. I mean, um, um, you know, I don't want to be cliche about it, but it is it is really um, mainly the major cities. Um, Chicago, uh, New York, uh, Boston, um, but as far as Seattle, you know, Tokyo, yeah. you know, uh, uh, anywhere in Italy, uh, almost anywhere in Spain. Hmm. Um, yeah, Madrid, always great. Um, you know, we... we uh, okay, I'll say that's Green Bay, fantastic. There, there you go. go. I, watched that la- I watched that last time you played there last night again. It just reminded me. I knew you were coming on, so I watched it. I absolutely love that show. I wish I would have been there. Oh, but, yeah. Um, no, it was... Uh, it was great. Our old friend Time Bomb Tom booked that show. Yep. Uh, legend in the area. Legend and, uh, is right because I got I got to give a shout out to him real quick because uh, yesterday was Record Store Day. Yes. Two, whatever that yes, is. It was. And um, my local shit store did not get uh, enough Ramones. It's live twos. Yes. But um, I did call Tom up and he sold me one. So. Now Tom, you know Tom took care of me uh, <laughs> last <laughs> month for the Beach Boulevard reissue. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, Tom. Tom. Yeah, I'm still close to Tom. Yeah, I love Tom. So. Yeah. Shout next out to Record me Store too. Day. He he's gonna get a lot of calls next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it's all in one, and there's a, yeah, um, yeah, that's a different <laughs> podcast. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, but uh, you know, in the Muffs, um, we 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 were not like uh, the Groovy Ghoulies. We 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 didn't play. We we didn't the, those shows in the small towns or like you know a kid's garage. You know, I'm all for that, but that was never that great for our band to be honest uh in all ways like you know crowds were not big people you know again so so we 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 kind of for the most part we we stuck to the metro you know i remember we only played one city in florida and that was the top of florida and we were just like no more we i remember we're telling our book agent no 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 more florida no offense to florida did i if i say this last (laughs) time um no yeah yeah um but you know those those things just were not I don't know. With our act, as you saw, if you've watched since you've seen us, um, you know, with our act, some nights I felt like we were the greatest man in the world. And some nights, it, you know, it, we weren't <laughs> because we had this kind of high powered, you know, act and sometimes messy. Um, you know, some things were smooth sometimes. Sometimes they weren't. Um, some of us might not have been in great moods and maybe. Uh, brought down the mood by uh, bitching at that monitor guy, or you know, or that kind of thing. So, um, who is that usually? Is it you or Kim? <laughs> it was Kim. It was Kim. I uh, <laughs> I learned to deal with whatever it is. You know, every every night sounds a little different on stage, and even if you sound check it, it it generally sounds different when you get up there. I mean, yeah. That said, I mean she's singing, so she does need to hear herself. But you know. Us being so loud on stage uh, was not conducive to that a lot, and um, you know it, it's it's amazing that we uh, that we had such good luck with sound men as we did. Um, 
most of that was early in our career, especially with the original band. We had two guitars. I mean, we were just so loud sometimes that like you could see from my view, you could see the audience just standing there with a blank look on their face because I know it just sounded like just noise, you know, like like <laughs> like Sonic Youth sounding like the Beatles compared to what they were hearing, you know, like just just yeah. fuzz. Um, so, you know, we, we was learned. that something was that something that you guys fed off of, you know, in a way or did you kind of realize that maybe we should tone it down a little bit? Um Did we feed off of it? No, I, I wouldn't say that necessarily. I mean, that, well, we fed off it into our act was a little more violent on stage in our early years. I mean, uh, <laughs> you'll hear the legends of Kim hitting me with a guitar or pushing me off the stage and that stuff happens. <laughs> and it's generally because she's frustrated with the sound on stage, you hmm. know, or with me, you know, when we were, especially when we were a four piece, I was a little more reckless and, uh, you know, maybe, the, maybe the bass would not be played properly at times because I was fucking around with the audience or something. Um, hmm. <laughs> you know, so that would piss her off. So, you know, I took the brunt of that. We, you know, we were a couple when we formed the band, so we had a yeah. real shorthand uh, kind of relationship. So you were the punching bag. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it was that way off stage for a while too. <laughs> it, it was not fun in the van sometimes for the other members. I'll, I'll put it that way. So, Hmm. Yeah, we knew how to piss each other off. And, uh, you know, early in our career, you know, I get a little mad waiting on uh, people that were late repeatedly and stuff like that. So, yeah, and wasn't afraid to say something about it. It would it would cost. (laughs) There's one time in Germany where Kim ran off and we couldn't find her. Um, And then our our. Road manager found her, and she said, "I'm not going to leave till you bring me Ronnie's head." <laughs> so that's, that's so a, good. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I, I kind of knew what you've been doing um, in the uh, in the COVID quarantine. I I've started watching your uh, your show. I, I'm going to say it's your show, Ronnie Barnett's Boom Boom Room. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So I don't, I don't even know. Think I have having a show, but I guess I guess it kind of is. Yeah. It's sort of a show. I wish it would turn into an actual show because it's 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 really good. I don't know if, if anyone hasn't seen this. You got to go to YouTube and just just YouTube Ronnie Barnett, and it, it comes up. But um, it's basically you showing off your insane collection of rock and roll promotional and uh, memorabilia. Yeah, we've done three seasons, if you will, and I got to give full credit <laughs> to uh, my partner there, uh, Steve Steve, Steve Schnee. Schnee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was his idea to do it, and he does the editing. He's a genius. You know? Yeah, no, no, he is, and, and we kind of we we kind of have a good rapport with each other. Um, you know, I'll pull out items that I know will get him talking, and uh, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, when I pull out an item, it often leads to us discussing the band and our experiences with that band and stuff, and yeah, it's fun. Kind of what I I, I guess I, I don't really know how to describe what you're showing off, but um, there's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which has all the big rock stars and their outfits and all that stuff. And then there's like, you have like the rock and roll junk drawer. It's like all the uh, rare promo. It's, it's crazy. So you've had uh, shoehorns and tape dispensers. Uh, My favorite seriously is is the, uh, the, uh, the vapors turning Japanese chopsticks. Oh yeah. 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 Nice. (laughs) Yeah. I like that rock and roll junk drawer uh, comparison. That's pretty much, you're pretty much spot on there. (laughs) Yeah. Basically I've, 
you know, when I walked in a record store when I was a child in the uh, mid-70s, I fell in love with, with the place. Because uh, back in that era, you'd walk in a record store and it was just full of like promotional stand-ups and posters and yeah. mobiles and, and, and it was a visual like just, you know, delight. Like, like so basically, you know, have turned my, my rooms into a, a record store from the 70s. So yeah, I love promo items and I love stand-ups and i love posters and cool things and you know so on the on the boom boom room yeah i try to highlight i, I do spread it out i don't just like do the big guns um like i don't think i've done the ramones leave home letter opener yet i um, have not seen that yeah yeah okay okay see there's big items i still have to go you got to spread it out so um, that's a really that's that's a cool item actually yeah i yeah. actually have heard of that one yeah yeah it kind of is made to look like a switchblade but uh, it's a it's a letter opener. Yeah, it's one of my prized possessions. Um, but yeah, I show off items and, and and it's fun. There's been three seasons. When I say seasons, we'll do like one <laughs> taping for like an hour and a half, and then Steve cuts them into like five or six Four episodes. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Um, and then he puts in funny stuff. All that stuff is there. He surprises me with that stuff. All the uh, celebrity intros and stuff. Um, <laughs> Steve. One of his delights is to surprise me with that stuff. So, you know, um, I, I, I did a posting on Facebook when I discovered Cameo. Um, and for the people who don't know, Cameo is the uh, site where you can hire celebrities and musicians to do greeting, birthday greetings or, or whatever for a price uh, that they <laughs> yeah. name. And I, when I discovered it, I was just really intrigued. It's like, wow, Lisa Loeb is charging 100 bucks for this. But... John Davidson is 30 bucks. What a deal. Like, John Davidson's a bigger celebrity, much bigger celebrity than me than, than Lisa Loeb. So the next week, Steve had hired John Davidson to do an intro for the Boom Boom Room, which, uh, <laughs> and, and John, John did it great. He's like, you know, I used to be big. I used to host That's Incredible and guest host of Tonight's Show, and now I'm reduced to introducing Ronnie Barnett's Boom Boom Room. Like, he's very, he's very <laughs> funny about it. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's, 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 they're fun. They're fun to do. So, but he was on the show, wasn't he? After that, we interviewed him. We yeah, we did a Steve. I'll plug him again. Steve has many different things on YouTube. He does, but but he's got a podcast. It's gone all visual now called Beach Blanket Fort Bingo. And uh, yep. we did a split Beach Blanket Fort Bingo Ronnie Barnett's Boom Boom Room interview of John Davidson. Um, so so that was yeah, that was really fun. And we and we have a we're, we have an upcoming one today too uh or we're supposed to do it today it's going to happen next week but uh i guess i can plug this because it, it would have happened by the time this airs but uh we are interviewing paul collins from the paul collins beat and uh chuck nice. nolan who who wrote paul's autobiography that just came out on hosick books look at all these plugs i get in here um so we're, <laughs> we're doing another co thing where we're interviewing those guys about the book and the new uh paul collins beat um compilation of old tracks that just came out so uh I sh old tracks i should say unreleased demos and, and outtakes tracks so yeah yeah so, so, so how many seasons of the boom room room can we uh can we look forward to well there's three and at the end of the third one you know i never expect steve to uh continue but at the end in the credits he said like looking forward to season four so do, do you, I, I guess my question is more along do you have enough stuff in the in the boom boom oh room? god yes Oh, yes, yes. Because uh, besides stuff I have in my room, which, you know, laying around, which is my favorite stuff, I have tons of stuff that's, like, put away and, you know. Um, 
yeah, I could. We could keep doing this for a long time. So well, most of the stuff that it come from you working at Amoeba and stuff, and just kind of stealing from uh, work, or, or yeah, are you no. actually going out and buying and stuff? No, no, this is because uh, <laughs> most you know. Um, again, the heyday of this kind of stuff was really the '70s and '80s, yeah, and, and and '90s. Um, it's it still happens a little bit now and then. You'll there'll be like a Taylor Swift stand up or something, but it's really not so much anymore. But um, I've worked in a record store since. Um, since I was in high school, basically I was hanging around record stores at age 13 um, and sweeping up for promos back in, in 79, you know, like uh, the manager of the store didn't like anything punk. So I was, I was doing work around the store for his clash London calling promo and, and Ramon's promo. So, you know, I go way back um, well in age and with all this stuff. So I've, some of the stuff I've had for like 40 years. Yeah. And I'm, and it's, I'm a firsthand guy, you know, I'm the only one that's ever had it, you know? So, um, and then, yeah, I've just collected stuff. I, I, you know, some stuff I've early eBay, I would, I would buy some stuff, but most stuff. Yeah. I found in shops and, you know, um, again, a different podcast record shops are not, not the same as they used to be, but yeah, you know, yeah. um, certainly not. Some stores would, would, would have stuff like this or they'd have like behind the scenes, but Oh, you want to look at this box of random, you know, shit? And that that's my favorite. Like, <laughs> you know, a box of like a Chrysalis Records envelope, you know, company envelope or like, you know, just random buttons or, or, or stuff, you know, uh, a UFO, you know, pad of paper, you know. So, yeah, uh, so yeah I just I, I just go way back with most of this stuff. I actually I haven't bought anything new like this in a long time. So I, what I is your. What is your favorite Kiss item that you own? I know Kiss uh, was a little different. They weren't just promo. I mean, Kiss figured it out. They, they figured out there was people that wanted that stuff, and they just produced it and sold it and made more money off their promo stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's not a lot of um, Kiss pro, you know, promo items, really, besides, you know, posters and, and, and yeah. you know. Uh, you know, so, yeah, my favorite Kiss items are, you know, the original figures uh, yeah. from 77. That were really dolls, if you will. Um, yeah, that's my favorite Kiss items. But yeah, like you say, they sold that stuff. So, you know, yeah, Kiss. You can blame Kiss or give them credit for the for the merchandising. <laughs> you know, when Kiss started doing yeah. it, you know, some bands didn't even sell T-shirts. You know, like now now it's the main source of income for bands. Yeah, you know? it is. So the coolest uh, Kiss actual promo item that I have is I have a uh, like a triangle stand up. Uh, it's like six by six by six. It's a uh, promo counter display for um, smashes, thrashes, and hits. Ooh, Nate, I'm gonna which... need that. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, the yeah, coolest, yeah. I'll the coolest. That. I do have. I do have um, kiss, a pad of kiss paper. Ooh. But um, I my my favorite item is the uh, I have the kiss army sponge. From the uh, Dynasty tour, they apparently I wasn't there, but apparently they dropped from the rafters, you know, at the end Jesus. of the show. Jesus, that's nice. That's nice stuff, Nate. I bought I bought this. I bought a lot on eBay, and it was from a local guy. Yeah. And it was a bunch of crap. Like it had a bunch of items, and they were you know the newer like Psycho Circus era toys. Yes. And in yes. one of the pictures, there was you could see the sponge behind everything. So I wrote him. I said, "Is everything in the picture included?" Yes. It was five bucks. Wow. And it was a it was a local pickup <laughs> thing, and I remember I I went and met the guy, you know, 
And yeah. I immediately I'm ripping through the stuff and I'm like, okay, this is all I wanted. <laughs> yeah. No, I took everything, great. but yeah. Yeah, I don't collect that new stuff either. Um, except I did get the Dynasty figures that came out a couple years ago because they're they're very well done and they're in those big those you know big hideous outfits they had for that tour with you know the capes <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Peter Chris is hilarious with all the green fur and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, but my favorite Kiss item I have is my signed double platinum, which I didn't get myself, but I, I obtained at a store I worked in like 85. So well. it's old and it's signed really nicely on the inside. You know, Kiss's autographs have, have changed over the years and gotten, you know, more, especially jeans. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's more it's, dollar signs. Yes. Well, just it's more of like a, not a doodle, but just more of a, well, you can tell if you look at, like, the Alive album and see their autographs on those little notes, you know, to the fans they wrote on there. I mean, yeah, their autographs change over the years. I, I guess a lot of people's do, but hmm. that's my favorite Kiss item. Cool. I'll send you a picture of some of that stuff. Yeah, that sponge sounds so. nice. Yeah, it's cool. I've never used it, but... Don't um, use it. Don't use it. So, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, let me ask you this. Did What is the coolest... Uh, promo item that the muffs had i'm assuming you guys maybe just had posters and flats but is there anything cool we did well again nate uh as you have noticed i've, I've been a fan of this stuff for a long time so i was yeah. all over this at warner brothers i was like we need a promo item let's i remember suggesting a lunchbox i thought it would have been great for yeah. um for the first album but too expensive right yeah and then i was like how about a thermos <laughs> again because like i always and there's a lot of um fan art of us as cartoon characters and even that video of don't pick on me mm -hmm. which is our best video i think uh, where we're cartoon characters
So that didn't happen. So we have one thing you could call a promo item besides posters and flats, like you say. And that is um, for Blonder and Blonder. They produced a uh, a booklet, Muff, Muff's Lights, uh, for kids, <laughs> based on highlights for kids, uh, which the old people will remember from the child their childhoods. But, uh, yeah, they did this kind of Muff's Lights booklet. So it's got fun activity stuff in there. Hmm. Um, there's me with a hot dog body and connect the dots things and a <laughs> crossword puzzle, you know, that kind of thing. So that's the yeah. close. That is the closest thing we, we have to a promo item. I wish I could say we had some solid piece, you know, some coaster, but never happened. Never happened. So what, so besides the coaster, besides the lunchbox, what do you, what is one of those fun ideas that you had? Uh, well, I or mean, now what, like if you could go back now, what would you ask for? Um, let's see. I, you know, I, I would love just, just things like glasses or like, you know, even belt <laughs> buckles. Um, I'm trying to think yeah. of that, that would tie in, you know, blonder and blonder hair dye. Um, uh, yeah. happy birthday to me, uh, birthday candles. I never really thought birthday. about this before. Hmm. Um, alert. You know, when alert today, uh, alive tomorrow came out. Uh, Kim got she nicked that that phrase from a uh, ID bracelet, and she gave me and Roy, and she had one made for herself. She she, we have ID bracelets that say "Alert Today, Alive Tomorrow," so that's like kind of a only cool. three uh, in existence <laughs> thing that she did for us. Um, you know, fans. Um, made, oh yeah, I imagine you guys got some cool stuff. Fans made action figure. I have a Kim doll in a packaging you know one of a kind that somebody made i have a kim action figure that somebody made with packaging which is amazing um someone um a friend of mine made an action figure of me finally this year um i saw that yeah which uh <laughs> came out good the, the, the hair i wish the only problem is the hair it had to be like flat and plastic so uh they sent they sent the guy sent a picture of my face they need my face to to whatever, do the head, and it came back, and look, I like to think that my hair is still chestnut brown, but I guess there's a lot of gray in it these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it came back, it looks like I shampooed with Selsun Blue. Like, it's all Oof. just white. <laughs> it looks like my hair is full of white suds. So, they had to use my old, <laughs> you know, long hair, which that goes back to first album, you know, because I yeah. cut my hair for the second album. Um, and so, the hair looks a little weird, but but the figure is very good, actually, and the, and the and the part that really gets me is they reproduced my base. Um, I didn't realize my base with the number two on it was uh, iconic's the wrong word, but people take note of, have taken note of it. And the guy recreated my base, the Antigua Gray with the number two on it. And you know, that's, that's a part awesome. that, that's a part that really got me a little emotional about it. So, yeah, very cool. So fans, yeah, yeah, have produced a few things and you know given us things and. So I, I did see somebody made you uh, made you into the Paul Stanley. Uh, I, I don't know what where that what what that originally was, but tell <laughs> originally, us about that. Originally, um, yeah, that's a a friend of mine named Todd Alcott, and uh, he's an interesting guy. Todd's done everything, but uh, he's really great at graphic design these days, and he created that just for my birthday on on Facebook. So he made he he made uh, it's like a it. It's based on the Paul Stanley album cover for the solo album because mm -hmm. I have the one star, but he incorporated my face. So it's very, it's not just like simply done. Like it's got my like cr 
you know, creases in my chin, and uh, it, it's me like a member of KISS. Um, he did a good job. He did a great job, and he made a lithograph of it, which I have framed. And um, uh, <laughs> and again, friends of mine have made things. I, I have a, I have buttons. I have a, three different belt buckles of it. I have guitar picks. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I have multiples of some of these things. So uh, I can uh, I can give I can give some people some if they want um, the buttons and the picks. I do, but. Uh, Picks yeah, no, cool. no. It's, I it, saw it, those. It really blew me. It really blew me away when I saw that my my Facebook birthday. So yeah, Todd really knocked it out of the park <laughs> with that one. So um, thanks for noticing, Nate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I. You know what? You're one of the most entertaining guys on Facebook. You always have these great <laughs> pictures, and you never know what's going to pop up. And and that was one of the things that you know. If if I would have had anything in my mouth, you know, a drink at the time, I would have got <laughs> spit out. I couldn't believe it because it was so perfect, you know, because w- everybody knows you're a big kiss guy. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And thanks for noticing about the fact, you know, I look at it, Facebook kind of like performance art. So I just, it's not just me having a milkshake, <laughs> though it is sometimes, um, uh, you know, between pictures of me and my fiance or my cat. Yeah, I try to I try to mix it up a little bit. So, yeah, it, you know, it's such a I don't know. I can't stand it's such a wasteland of politics lately. It's it's nice to have people that are, you know entertaining at least yeah yeah no i get it and i try to stay out of that and i, and I know the kids prefer instagram but i, I prefer the interaction on facebook <laughs> which is why i prefer facebook i like i like being able to, to reply with a photo you know you can't do that on instagram and yeah. for the people that don't just instagram i get it they, they don't want the politics or the same people posting the same articles and that kind of thing and just want to see pictures yeah. i get it all right so you mentioned uh you mentioned your base the iconic base um you told me before you kind of had the same base throughout the whole, uh, the whole career of the Muffs. Let me ask you, what did um, how you, you weren't a gear guy? I know that, but how about Kim? Because yeah. she always seemed to have the same stuff too. Yeah, um, yeah, Kim. Yeah, I'd say. Did Kim, she care? Was it just no, pick up whatever really and play? Either you know, er, <laughs> if you look at early Muffs clips, she's playing a, a few different other guitars and um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think what. She when we first formed, she had a Moserite, which she didn't like, and then she had God, I can't even think of the models. That's how much of a gearhead I am. I don't even know. Um, she had some other guitars, and then when our first album came out, the girls got sponsored by this company that was like an Ibanez offshoot called Starfield. I don't think they're around anymore. I think I think it was Starfield, and they got free guitars, and and you know Kim didn't like it, and and I remember um she one time she ran into somebody who was collecting stuff from a heart for the Hard Rock Cafe. And they're like, can you give us a guitar? You know, we'll trade you. It was at a guitar store. They're like, we'll buy you a guitar here if you give us a guitar for the collection. And she got, and these are insanely expensive now. This was in the early 90s. Um, she got a Les Paul Jr., um, which is an amazing guitar. That's what Johnny Thunders used to play and stuff. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. And she didn't, she didn't really like it. So, you know, when she found that <laughs> Gretsch Beast, yeah. uh, which is the guitar associated with her, it's a solid body Gretsch. They're very uncommon. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody else play one. Uh, she had two of those, and that's what she played the rest of her career. So, I mean, the two of us, you know, yeah, we kind of found what we liked and kind of made it for life. And, you know, she, she, I didn't play through any pedals. I mean, it's weird for me to think bass players play through pedals. I didn't, I didn't even play through a tuner. Like, I would, un, I would unplug on stage to plug into a tuner and tune. Like, you know, <laughs> gaw, 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 which... I'm sure it makes gearheads cringe, but I mean, 
we shouldn't care about that stuff. You know, I didn't like guitar stands. Um, I like to walk on stage, have my bass link flat on top of the amp. I like to take it off the top of the amp and put it on. I mean, it's just part of my yeah. going to battle thing. It was hard to explain that to in like Japan where they'd have every bit of gear, modern gear you could have. And there was a language barrier. I'd be like, no, no, no guitar stand for me. Um, but yeah, Kim, Kim, once she arrives on that, that Ibanez beast, that's what she played. And, uh, she had two, one of them broke, one of them fell over and broke once. Um, hmm. and she had to have it re-glued, but, uh, it worked out fine. And, um, yeah, she only played through like two pedals herself. Um, you know, that's why when I see these people, I mean, it, again, we're not changing up sounds too much in our live show. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, you see these people with these big pedal boards. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of amusing to me. Um, you know, yeah, as far as me too, I, I didn't even like, I liked a plain black guitar strap. So she got sponsored by this guitar strap company and they, they want, they offered to give me straps too, but I just, I didn't want design. I didn't like designs on my guitar strap. So I just used the same black, same black strap for 30 years. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe you could ask for a, you know, a muffs could have had muffs written on there or something. See, that's, that's what I don't want. I don't want <laughs> lightning bolts. I don't want muffs yeah, written on it or Ronnie or, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, how many how many guitar straps do you need? You just need one, right? No, I mean, exactly. How long exactly. do they last? I mean, right? They last forever. I mean, unless 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 the, uh, the I, is there a technical term for the whole part that goes on the peg on the guitar? There probably uh, is. The whole part. Those can yeah. wear out and break, right? But uh, yeah. I, I never had that problem. They get a little stretched out sometimes, but uh, unless you're one of those those '80s dudes that whips it around their head, right? Swings exactly. It around their neck or something. You I, I did. I did have the. Uh, God, again, I don't know the term, but the thing that kind of locks it on the strap locks. So I did oh, have yeah, that, yeah. so they wouldn't come off. But uh, you know, yeah, you're good point. How many straps do you need? Well, unless you're Rick, you know, if you have a lot of guitars, you need a strap for every guitar, right? If you're <laughs> yeah. A lot of bands change guitars every song, right? Just to keep them in tune. So, yeah, I saw Cheap Trick one time at First Avenue, and he had like eighteen guitar changes. Yeah, look, Cheap Trick gets a pass on everything, on all this stuff, right? Rick Rick Nielsen can use as many guitars as he wants. Um, We played with Cheap Trick a few times, and his his staircase was on my side of the stage, and I was always very respectful of that. I didn't like take any guitar picks off of it or (laughs) climb on it. So I was, I was looking for a prop on stage to, to, to mess with um, what, during our shows. and But but I love Cheap Trick so much. I didn't mess with anything. I didn't spit on stage when we opened for Cheap Trick. So they got they got special treatment from, from us and me. <laughs> were they, were they, was anybody in that band a fan of the Muffs? Um, you know, I know um, they our first our first time playing with them was was kind of memorable. Um, uh we, we opened for them at a club called the, the Coach House down here in San Juan Capistrano. And um, we were supposed to do the Ventura Theater the next night, too. But that show was in 94. Um, so we were still four-piece at that time. And um, the club didn't treat us very nice. It's one of those dinner theater-type clubs. They, they didn't treat us very nice. So, again, that was in our volatile early days. And uh, we went on stage and talked talked uh, honestly about being mistreated by the club. And we did our act and spit <laughs> on stage and... And the uh, manager of the club, getting off the stage of this club, you'd go up the stairs off the stage. The owner of the club grabbed Kim by the neck and cocked his arm back 
like he was oh. going to hit her and said, you're not going to talk shit about my club or spit on my customers. And it turned into a big, you know, we all, all of a sudden we're all holding him back and they kicked us out of the club. So, um, a few years later, um, we opened for them again in 97. And, uh, I said to Rick, I like that. I'm, I, I love saying that. I said to Rick, uh, I don't know if you remember us, but we opened for He's like, he's like, oh yeah, didn't you guys come on stage and say like, fuck you all motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. And like, well, not exactly, but, uh, <laughs> at least you remember us for something. Um, and then I heard he did a DJ thing in Chicago once and played the muffs. So, you know, are they fans? Nice. Probably not, but you know, that's kind of nice. So, and they do remember us for whatever reason. So good or bad. I, I saw him on, um, uh, some, uh, some show American pickers. I think it was uh-huh. that. And he, yeah. he had a storage, uh, like, you know, container with all kinds of cheap trick shit. He I had all kinds of yeah. stuff in there. Yeah, I was no. like, oh, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I like Cheap Trick. Just to go through all that shit to see that cool stuff would just be awesome. No, absolutely, I remember that episode. And yeah, Cheap Trick, you know, they're they're probably my favorite band of all time, to be honest. Really? And um, and I realized later in life, like Rick Nielsen, big influence on me, um, as far as a performer. Not that I perform like Rick Nielsen necessarily, but just as far as um, uh, the fact that he's just, especially Normal in the early. No, well, nerdy, you know, the nerdy thing, too. But um, um, just the fact that he, especially old Rick Nielsen, um, you know, he always seemed to be just be wandering around and just doing different shit. And, uh, you know, your focus would be on watching Rick Nielsen, or at least mine was, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's a, that's the weird thing. I mean, he was, the, you know, the normal guy in the band, and he was the focus of the band and not the not the two good-looking guys on next to him. <laughs> right, you right. Know? Yeah, so. so. Love cheap trick. So last time you were here, we we kind of we we kind of talked about you coming back and maybe talking about No Holiday a little bit. Okay. Um, one thing I was wondering about this album was, and all the Muffs albums in general, but more specifically this one is, how did the albums come to be? Was it was it Kim coming to you guys with a collection of songs, or was it a you know group thing? Yeah. Well, um, how it evolved was, um, um, and then I'll have to get into. Uh, a little bit of Kim getting sick here. Um, um, yeah. You know, throughout our career, if you saw us, we generally were playing at least a couple of songs that you hadn't heard before. Like, like, um, so, so we'd already been playing some of the No Holiday songs live for for a few years, and we we're gearing up to 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 make the record. Actually, um, we 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 performed so steadily, um, and again, that includes work out of the country, which people probably. Because peop- doing interviews, I found a lot of people are like, so you broke up in 2004 and you, you know, re- reformed in 2014. And it's like, no, we took a bit of a break there for like three and a half years, but we got back to performing and, and you know, and so so we worked steadily all the time. And, and so we were yeah. always playing new songs. Kim, Kim would always have, be writing. And um, so we, we performed so steadily after our, our last kind of trip to – to South America and our, our what turned out to be our final show in Vancouver in May of uh, God, what year would that be at this point? Um, 2017, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we decided to take the summer off. We, we had most of the, she had most of the record written, but uh, it, it's funny constructing records and especially in our, our later records, like Kim would write all these amazing songs, and then we'd be like, well, you know, 
we could use just two more fast ones to kind of like round out the record, you know, to make yeah. make, make the songs be different or whatever. So she was going to write some more records. Kim wrote in bunches um, for the most part. She'd come up like, here's three new songs, and they'd all just be great. And then she wouldn't write for a few months. And then, so, so we were taking the summer off on purpose to kind of, so we didn't book any live gigs. And, and she was going to concentrate on writing, and we were going to gear up to record uh, our next record. Um so in that summer and towards the end of the, towards the end of that summer is when Kim's uh, all of a sudden couldn't grip with her left hand. And, um, and uh, we were talking during the summer, but, but me and Kim did it, went to do a podcast in August of, of that year, uh, Bruce Duff's podcast. And she picked me up and, and you hear, and, and she's talking about her hand and, and, and I'd not heard about that. But at that point it's like, okay, I've been to a few doctors. I think it's carpal tunnel. We'll figure it out. And you hear us on this podcast. It's, it's, eerie now but you hear us talking about this you hear her say you know be like i think it's going to be okay and uh you hear me say i'm very worried about this and um and uh um just just to i'll try to make this as short as i can but 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 aos ran in kim's family her father died of it and her aunt and she was always scared of getting it and um for those who don't know what it is look it up it's a disease that basically attacks your your your, your everything and 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 paral ends, ends up paralyzing your body and your speech and um but your brain is still fully on so um which is one of the most heartbreaking things about it um yeah uh so so after that um she still couldn't you know then she had a doctor think it was like a nerve in her neck and it might require surgery and blah 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 um and we actually booked a show for December. We booked two shows for December of that year um, with the Dream Syndicate. And um, Kim knew she couldn't play guitar at that point, um, but she was just going to sing and we were going to get our friend Adam to play guitar, which I know would have been weird, but it was the only way we were going to be able to pull it off. And uh, Basically, she got diagnosed in October. And uh, at that point, she could still speak, but the... The speech started going real quick. So by the beginning of November, she was like, you know, my voice is um, shit and uh, I don't think it's going to work out. So so we canceled those shows. And um, mm. But at that point, when she got diagnosed, we made the decision, okay, we have to complete this record. Um, we had a few songs uh, in the can already that were fully recorded. Um and those songs are like the 30-second song that opens the record and On My Own.
had those songs done and completed. Um, but but the other ones we just had demos of. So so. And some of those demos she had written during the summer, and me and Roy had not even heard them yet. And that's things like um, Insane, and uh, I'm looking at the record now, Too Awake, um, Happier Just Being With You, um, Lovely Day. So uh, uh, those songs are really bare bones, uh, the demos, like just acoustic guitar. and, and Yeah. So, so some of these demos were recorded better than others, but we made the decision to go ahead and we're going to fill out these tracks as best we can. And, um, we booked a, uh, uh, a day or two in, in, in December, uh, for Roy to come down and play drums to these songs. So we did that at that point, Kim, Kim could still, she could still walk, but she needed a little help getting up the stairs and stuff. And the voice was slurry. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, so, so we did that and, and, just just uh, made these songs uh, workable as best we could at that point. So, so you know, by March, Kim could not move or speak. Uh, the disease really took over really fast. Um, it's different in a lot of cases. Some people live with it at like a few years before things start shutting down, but hers was really aggressive. So by the time I was recording... Um, and Adam, who did some guitar overdubs, and uh, Karen from the Pandoras was engineering, and Kim was kind of just overseeing it. So we did the overdubs in Kim's house, uh, you know, with the Pro Tools and stuff. Me and Karen would be in a separate room, and Kim was in the, the living room in her chair looking at the TV screen that had all the shit put up on it. And um, she was communicating to us with the Viber app, which was easy for her to... She had a... Uh, she had a thing kind of like an iPad, but but it would read her eyeball and construct sentences uh, for her. So that's how she communicated um, mm. after everything shut down. So um, so yeah, she would say she'd give us she'd give us direction, you know, record, you know, do it again. I like that part, blah blah blah. And um, so that's how we constructed the record, and so that's why uh, the tracks sound a little different. Um, from track to track, um, I was wondering how it would hang together as a record. I mean, we all were, um, because we'd never, obviously we'd never made a record like this. Um, no. um, but once it was all done, um, we were all so happy and, and, you know, we, we talk and be like, well, it's very different. We've never made a record that's that's like this. Um, but it kind of, kind of sounds like a record and, 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 as uh, people may or, you know probably know, Kim was not out about her sickness while she was sick. So there was the better part of two years with uh, us acting like uh, things were normal and, and turning down offers to tour places. And and this record was, you know, Kim was still around. But, you know, when you when you put out a new record, all the press and stuff starts happening about three months beforehand. So. So advanced copies went out and the announcement that new Muffs record was coming out, that all happened while Kim was around. And, and hmm. we had to kind of say like, well, you know, we made this record. It's a little different for us. So we like the feel of the demos and we just wanted to construct around it and thought it'd be a, a different way to make the record. But, but we wanted to keep the feel of the demos and, and, and you know, so that's, that was kind of the, 
the plan of attack and it that started getting mis- misinterpreted as like album of outtakes and demos which yeah drove us crazy um um but you know in the back of our heads um you know and it's dark but knowing that like one day this record will be understood uh, for what it is you know um you know one day people understand this record you know we, we chose that photo um from our third to last show of us saying goodbye on stage to that big crowd and yeah. Buenos Aires and 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 again we chose that photo and it's black and white and, and it's like again like this will be understood one day and it was getting misinterpreted like is this a live album which I get I get people thinking it might be a live album um it's it, it's very fitting to the album the album to me seems it's it's I don't want to say it's it's it, it's got a heavy feel to it not musically you know because you know what was happening at the time so it's it's dark yeah. To me, at least, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, all the songs were written before uh, she got sick, so... Yeah, so. but it still it still has that feeling like some of the, like, Earth Below Me is just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean... It's I, a tough listen. Look, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. And, and look, Earth Below Me, we've playing for a couple of years. I mean, so, Kim, you know, Kim's lyrics are, are generally dark, okay? Like, even on the mm-hmm. sunny-sounding <laughs> songs uh, in our oh, back yeah. catalog, the lyrics are all dark and i hate myself and i hate you and (laughs) you know i hate this you know you know this and that and you know she 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 did you know not every song but you know so so that was kim and that was kim's that's how she wrote but um you know yeah and and so kim you know ended up passing away three weeks before the record came out so so you know we'll never know because this record when it came out was known as our final record and, and you know, the way we made it all, that all came out. Um, but how people would have reacted to this as like a Muffs record. If, if they didn't know she was sick, uh, we'll never know, um, how people responded. But, but I, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder if it would have been, cause it's so different. It would have been, I'm, I'm sure. Look, there, there were people, Again, going back to our live act, there, there are punkers, if you will, that liked our live act, didn't like our records, you know? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, which I get. Like, you know, every once in a while it still happens. Like, you know, I, I was expecting more punk from you guys. It's like, look, it's in there. But, you know, we're always a pop man, <laughs> too. You know, even on that yeah. first record, you know, it ends with All for Nothing, which is a pretty song. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're paying attention, you knew we, we had all those kind of things that we did, but to yeah. me, it's just another Muffs album. It, you know, obviously it's the last one. It's an important one, but all the Muffs albums were, you know, they all sound the same, but at the same time, each, each of them had its own little feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. This I mean, is we, just one that's just a little different. Yeah. No, I mean, we never were going to make like a jazz record or something, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, that, that goes to, you know, Kim started writing songs cause she wasn't hearing songs, enough songs that she liked, you know, a, you know, yeah. so that's her songwriting is, is, you know, always was always going to be, you know, coming from the same same place, yeah. you know, more or less. So now um, let me one quick question about the process of making it. And this is this might be kind of a weird question, but obviously you knew it was going to be the last Muffs album while yes. you're recording it. And that had to have been tough. But at the same time the process of watching her involvement, you know, her not being able to communicate without, like you said, that iPad. 
um, that had to have been tough. So, like, was there, I mean, were you, how were your spirits during this? I mean, it had to have been hard to, to I, I want to say every day it must have been hard to go and, and work, but at the same time, it must have been hard to finish it. Not, not because, like, not actually finish it, but to want to finish it, because you know that the end is near, and it's the last one. Well, yeah, like you say, that that is always that it was always kind of hanging over it, and and yeah, we we ALS is a terminal disease, so you say, you know, there's no way out. We knew it was our last record. That said, Kim, I'm sure Kim had dark moments during her illness. I never saw them. Anytime I was on Kim, I was trying to make her laugh. She was laughing. You know, we just kick around old stories. She was so happy working on this record. It was so good for her. Hmm. Uh, that, that, That's awesome. That it was actually a positive thing, you know? Um, she, was, she was so happy making this record, and she was so happy with the record. I mean, when we messaged the three of us after we completed the record, besides saying I love you to each other every you know, other sentence, we had talked about what a great record we, we made and how much we loved it. So... She was so happy, and 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 it, and it worked on all levels. I remember being there with Roy, and and um, actually Melanie was there too, and Kim's husband Kevin, and 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 she played a lovely day back to us, which was her favorite song on the record, and um, and she she went, and this happens. I I remember hearing this. This would happen sometimes with people with, with the disease. You kind of fall into this kind of crying kind of state and i remember we're playing the song and her head she melanie told me she's like i knew it was going to happen i saw her look at you i saw her look at roy and her head kind of went back i remember wondering what was going on and she just started crying and um mm -hmm. i'm gonna get emotional remembering this but uh it was just it, again it, it, it was it, this making the record was a was a, a positive thing for her and and, and and it was so great that we could do it and actually complete it it's it's a fucking miracle you know <laughs> that it really is and, and like um I, I i know it's a big world out there but i don't think anybody's completed and made a record like this or or, or might never ever again you know so you know it, and that said um at that point, when Kim went into that state, Kevin, her husband, stood up and made a comment about his taint or something, and Kim just started laughing. <laughs> she, she, he knew how to get her out of it, and she just started cracking up. And, and you know, Kim would laugh at the same shit, same dumb things, um, <laughs> till the end. You know, so we would talk about dicks, and you know, her, she would have the machine. You know, say your girlfriend has a hairy pussy. You know, when I walk in the door and so, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, again, it was, it was, it was never, it was never sad being around her, even though it was, it, it was incredibly sad to see her like that. And of course I'd go outside, get to my car and cry. It's, you know, so it, such, such a, a flurry of different emotions and, and, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and that's on every, that's on every level, uh, not just as being a bandmate for, you know, 27 years, but, but, but as being a, a, a friend, you know, yeah, a 
a friend. Yeah. Me and Kim were friends since 86. We were a couple for three and a half years. I mean, we, you know, we went through a lot together and um, good, bad, everything, you know, so. Well, I, I speak for all the Muffs fans out there. Uh, you know, thank you for completing the album. Yeah, no, uh, we were, we were going to complete. Look, she, she, she was the one. If she had said we're not going to do the record, it wouldn't have happened. She wanted to. She wanted to complete this. She was proud of these songs, and um, yeah. So th- hmm. thanks, thanks to all our fans. Uh, you know, for everything, yeah. for everything during our career, for everything after our career, for everything that continues. Um, you know, I'm proud of our band. I was always proud of our band, but I'm proud of our band because. Besides some of our early material, the, 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 the records really are kind of timeless. You know, we never used a trendy producer or, or trendy mixer or, you know, and that's for better or worse. Um, so the records do kind of stand up, I feel. Yep. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for noticing, Nate. And thanks yeah, for noticing so everybody else. Yeah. Let me ask you two more quick things. Um, last time you were here, we talked about, you mentioned that there was a, a bunch of demos or something maybe possibly do you think those will ever you know is it is it too early to tell is there well it's kind of early to tell just because i don't yeah. know I, I don't i haven't gone through what i have laying around and obviously kim and kim's um stash of stuff we don't know what's around so yeah. um i'm sorry to ask I, it's just no 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 it's okay like, I, I mean we were we were i mean we were looking to continue our our reissues and um you know i don't mind saying this publicly at this point like um we're trying to kind of reissue alert today alive tomorrow which is owned by fat records yeah and it seemed like they were kind of uh you know it's in their best interest too because they're going to earn all the money (laughs) that we owe them for making that record from (laughs) from the reissue it's not like we're going to get rich or anybody's going to get rich but um it seemed like they were kind of on board they wanted to own the streaming which or the streaming the digital which is fine um but then they they stopped kind of returning emails. So I, I don't, hmm. you know, and I don't have Fat Mike's number. I, I wish I could run into him and talk to him. Um, and look, he did that great version of Lucky Guy when Kim died. That was really nice yeah. um, with those other guys. And, um, you know, I, I so so that's, we'll eventually start kind of reissuing the stuff that, that we didn't get to. Uh, and if we have to bypass alert today, we're going to bypass alert today. But uh mm. Get your shit that's, together, Mike. That's Call when I'll, yeah, that's when <laughs> me and Roy and, and uh, Kim's husband will get together and kind of dig through this stuff. But yeah, um, I, I, you know. Yeah, I, that's got to uh, be a tough thing to recovery, do. Recovery, recovery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Recovery from this is just, it, it's, yeah. it, it takes time. There's no getting around it. So uh, I've not been inclined to call Kevin and say, hey, we need to go through the shit. Um, you know, but um, we'll get to it and we'll reissue that kind of odds and sods caboodle thing. Get that out on vinyl eventually and um, reissue happy, happy, really, really happy, which has been out of print. That record, that vinyl, it goes for some money now. Um, yeah. You know, I recently revisited that record and, uh, and, and there's a lot of great songs on there I've forgotten about. There is. Um, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> it's long. I mean, there's 17 songs. It's, it's to be critical, it's too long, but uh, even though it's only 40 minutes, um, but a lot of songs I'd forgotten about um, that are really good on there. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll get to that. So, and cool. then 
whoop de doo is out of print again because of Burger Records. That's a whole nother podcast. But uh, oh yeah, uh, so, so so we own that anyway. Um, but good, they had just repressed it. Um, it just come out again in December. So uh, we have all those. The that, that we actually have a uh, muffs kind of shop that that's going to be ready soon where we're going to sell T-shirts and nice. The remaining copies we have of that and and kind of get some new stuff up there. So cool. Th- those muffs lunch boxes finally. Oh, that's my dream. <laughs> oh, maybe it can happen. <laughs> yeah. One just one quick last thing. I know I know COVID hit and you know there was there was Team Shattuck, there was the the benefit thing, there was the ALS awareness concert and stuff. It, what's the future of anything like that? Is there anything are we waiting until life is back to somewhere? Yeah, normal? well we kind of have to because, uh, yeah. you know, even even next year seems too soon at this point, right? I mean, um, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, the, the real shame of that is, like, it was on March 13th or something. Um, we If it would have happened a week earlier, it would have happened. That's the thing. Like, it, it everything shut down during the middle of the week before it was going to happen. So, um, you know, that's the real shame. But, but, you know, all the acts are committed to making it happen and and, and – and, you know, I, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, we yeah. had to finally just kind of cancel it because when it was postponed, people couldn't get refunds or whatever. So finally, we just canceled it, you know, and, and but it, it will it will happen. Um, Good. Yeah. I just I hate that it will ha- probably be two years after it was supposed to happen. But, um, you know, some of those acts have to fly in and stuff. Some of those, you know, Veruca Salt, they don't live in the same city. Um you know, Kathy Valentine. You know, we, we had we had a lot of special stuff planned, um, so it really is a shame. But um, it'll happen. I'm gonna remain positive about it. Cool. So, um, Good. Yeah. I still see these. Uh, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, I still see every once in a while the the Team Shattuck that blue Team Shattuck shirt popping up. Yeah, in photos yeah. And it's... I think, yeah, Hillary's still selling those. So those are that's that's a good thing to uh, invest in. Um, I think I think half the money goes to ALS and. Um, you know, we're going to do a percentage of that with the Muff stuff that goes up with that website when it goes up too. Um, nice. Well, let me know when that's when that's about to go, and we'll definitely um, push it for you. Yeah, I will. I I, I I hate to over push on the social media about that kind of shit, but we will put it up on the the Muffs Love You group and the Muffs page proper, which <laughs> I always forget about, oddly enough, because it's got a much bigger audience um, than the private group. Yeah. Yeah, that'll happen, and the show will happen. It's just, yeah, you know, the Shepherd Fairy poster. Everything was ready to go. So I guess we're just holding all that stuff back till the benefit happens, or benefit, the memorial happens. So yeah, I guess it is a benefit as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ronnie. All right, Nate. Thanks for having me. Maybe this will be an annual thing. Who knows? I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go anytime, Nate. It's fun to be in the dummy room. So thank you. All right, Ronnie. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. All right, there you go. Uh, pretty great dude, huh? I I had fun the last time we was here. I had a lot of fun this time. Um, hopefully we, we do it again someday. And uh, Ronnie, if I ever get rid of my KISS stuff, it's yours, dude. Um, thank you, of course. And thanks to you guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Uh, hopefully you tune in next week. It should be pretty fun. Uh, yeah, so take care and bye.
I'm okay, you're insane Go away and be strange I know you can't be Go away and be strange. I